second lawsuit has been filed by Cassie's attorneys against Diddy. Let's talk about it. The lawsuit is being filed on behalf of a Jane Doe, which basically just means that she's remaining publicly anonymous. This is the fifth lawsuit against Diddy and or his companies in the span of three weeks. There is a trigger warning on this one as well, so I'm gonna add a trigger warning to this video. I'm gonna point out something interesting about the way this complaint is written. The preliminary statement is usually just the intro, so it'll say, this is what's going on, these are the laws we're suing under, and maybe like a brief intro, but this one's kind of written to like get straight to the point, so let's do that. 2003 when she was only 17 years old and in the 11th grade, Miss Doe was sex trafficked and gang raped by Mr. Combs, Mr. Pierre, and the third assailant. Let's talk about the third assailant for a second because there's three individual defendants named in this lawsuit. There's Sean Combs, Harvey Pierre, and the third assailant. The third assailant is a pseudonym. When the name of the third assailant is revealed during discovery, the plaintiff will seek to amend the complaint to replace the pseudonym. And even though Diddy says he's still prepared to fight, if what he did last time is any indication of what's gonna happen in this lawsuit, we probably won't get to discovery and find out who the third assailant is. But let's get back to it. When she was just a teenager, Miss Doe met Mr. Pierre and the third assailant in a lounge in Detroit, Michigan area. While at the lounge, Mr. Pierre insisted that he was best friends with Mr. Combs and even called Mr. Combs with Miss Doe. Mr. Combs convinced Miss Doe, who was half his age at the time, to accompany Mr. Pierre and the third assailant on a private jet to come to a studio in New York City. Before they left for the private jet, Mr. Pierre smoked crack cocaine in a bathroom at the lounge, in which he also sexually assaulted Miss Doe by forcing him to give him or by forcing her to give him oral sex. Mr. Pierre, third assailant, and another gentleman then escorted the high schooler to a private jet which flew them to Teterboro, New Jersey. There were SUVs awaiting the group at Teterboro and the four of them were driven to Daddy's House Recording Studio, a studio famously owned and operated by Mr. Combs and Bad Boy Records. While at the studio, Mr. Combs and his associates, including Mr. Pierre, plied Miss Doe with drugs and alcohol. As the night wore on, 17-year-old Miss Doe began more and more inebriated, eventually to the point that she could not possibly have consented to having sex with anyone, much less someone twice her age. While at the studio, Ms. Doe was gang raped by Mr. Combs, the third assailant, and Mr. Pierre in that order. While Mr. Combs was raping Ms. Doe, he complained that he could not get off unless she pinched his nipples as hard as she could. Mr. Combs then watched on as third assailant, who Ms. Doe had not even realized had begun to have sex with her, raped Ms. Doe as she told him to stop. After the third assailant was finished, Mr. Pierre took his turn at raping Ms. Doe and then violently forced her to give him oral sex during which Ms. Doe was choking and struggling to breathe. When Mr. Pierre finished, he left Ms. Doe in the bathroom alone. Ms. Doe fell into the fetal position and lay on the floor. Her vagina was in pain. <sighs> Finally, after a period of time, Ms. Doe regained her bearings. However, she could barely stand up following the gang rape and had to be helped out of the building and back into a car. She was taken back to an airport and flown back to Michigan. However, she has very limited recollection of her transport home and only remembers being in her car sometime early in the morning. Here's another thing you don't see often. This complaint has pictures in it. I'm gonna show you. Unlike many victims who have come forward after decades, Ms. Doe can prove that she not only met Mr. Combs on the night in question, but was in his studio in New York City with him on that night. Remember when viewing these, Ms. Doe was 17 years old. We don't know much about Jane Doe or the third assailant, but we do know that Jane Doe is a citizen of Canada and the third assailant is believed to be a citizen of New York. All of that, and we still haven't even gotten to the factual allegations. That was like the intro. In 2003, Ms. Doe was a 17-year-old 11th grader residing in a suburb of Detroit, Michigan. At the time, Mr. Combs was 34 years old, twice the age of Ms. Doe, and one of the most well-known and influential artists of all time. 
A decade earlier, Mr. Combs founded Bad Boy and installed his longtime friend, Mr. Pierre, into the role of president. At the time, Mr. Combs had many connections to Michigan, including, among others, to the Black Mafia family, a drug trafficking and money laundering organization that is rumored to have seated Bad Boy. So now we've set the scene and we're explaining how this 17-year-old in Detroit met Diddy in New York City. On the evening in question, Ms. Doe was with friends in a lounge when she was approached by who she later learned was Mr. Pierre. Mr. Pierre was with his own friends, including the third assailant. Mr. Pierre, the third assailant, and their friends were all dressed in suits. Mr. Pierre repeatedly complimented Ms. Doe's appearance, saying that she was hot, among other things. He then began talking about his self-described best friend and brother, Mr. Combs. Specifically, Mr. Pierre continually stated that Mr. Combs would love to meet Ms. Doe. Mr. Pierre even called Mr. Combs and put Ms. Doe on the line. Mr. Combs told Ms. Doe that he would love to meet her and that she should accompany Mr. Pierre to New York City on a private jet. Shortly thereafter, Mr. Pierre directed Ms. Doe to go with him into the bathroom at the lounge. Once inside the bathroom, Mr. Pierre began to smoke crack cocaine from what appeared to be an aluminum can. After he finished smoking crack, Mr. Pierre suddenly took out his penis, demanded that Ms. Doe suck... I don't know if I can say this. I'm going to put it on the screen. And forced Ms. Doe's head down to perform oral relations on him. After sexually assaulting Ms. Doe, Mr. Pierre directed her to accompany him, the third assailant, and a third member of their group to an airport in Pontiac, Michigan, where Signature, a fixed base operator, had prepared a private jet to take the four of them to New York City. Upon information and belief, the private jet landed at Teterboro Airport. Upon departing the jet, two black SUVs were awaiting the group. Ms. Doe got into an SUV with Mr. Pierre and the third assailant, and another member of the group went into the second SUV. The SUVs brought the group to Daddy's House Recording Studio, a recording studio and hangout owned and operated by Mr. Combs and Bad Boy. When Ms. Doe arrived, she was escorted into the building where she distinctly remembers seeing a sign for the company, Technicolor. Upon entering the studio, Ms. Doe first encountered Mr. Combs. At the time she arrived, a female recording artist was using the studio as Mr. Combs and her parents watched on. She finished up shortly after Ms. Doe arrived and left. While still in the studio section of Daddy's house, Mr. Combs asked Ms. Doe to sit on his lap to take a picture. Mr. Combs, Mr. Pierre, and the third assailant began to ply Ms. Doe, a 17-year-old child at the time, with copious amounts of drugs and alcohol. While the evening became a blur, Ms. Doe does recall Mr. Combs, Mr. Pierre, and the third assailant hitting on her incessantly, stroking her body, asking to see her ass, and telling her how hot and sexy she was. Various other pictures were taken in the studio that night, leaving no doubt that Ms. Doe was in Mr. Combs' New York City studio with Mr. Combs on the night she was raped. As the night wore on, the 17-year-old Ms. Doe became more and more inebriated, eventually to the point that she could not possibly have consented to having sex with anyone, much less someone twice her age. Nonetheless, that evening, Mr. Combs directed Ms. Doe to accompany him to the bathroom at the studio. Once there, Mr. Combs removed Ms. Doe's skirt and underwear and... I'm going to put it up so that you can read it. By this point, Ms. Doe was coming in and out of consciousness because of the drugs and alcohol she had been given by defendants. Her next memory was looking up into the mirror above the sink to find that the third assailant had replaced Mr. Combs and was raping her from behind. Mr. Combs was watching the third assailant sexually assault Ms. Doe from a chair outside of the bathroom. At this point, Ms. Doe mustered the energy to tell the third assailant to stop and that she did not want to be having sex with him. The third assailant did not stop and continued to rape Miss Doe, who did not have the strength to force him off of her. After the third assailant was finished, he was replaced by Mr. Pierre, who began by having non-consensual sex with Miss Doe before violently... I'm going to put it up again. Um, pause and read. 
Finally, after a period of time, Ms. Doe regained her bearings. However, she could barely stand up following the gang rape and had to be helped to walk out of the building and back into a car. She was taken back to an airport and flown back to Michigan, however, has very limited recollection of her transport home and only remembers being in her car sometime early in the morning. Her underwear was missing. November of 2003, Ms. Doe read about a lawsuit filed against Mr. Combs by Cassandra Ventura, AKA Cassie. Ms. Ventura's suit described a decade of physical, sexual, and mental abuse. Most triggering for Ms. Doe was reading about Ms. Ventura's allegations of sex trafficking and be forced to have sex with other men against her will. Ms. Doe obviously understands that she too had been sex trafficked and that Mr. Combs' behavior in forcing women into non-consensual sex was not an isolated incident or unique only to Ms. Ventura. Then, just days later, Ms. Doe read about a case filed against Mr. Pierre. The suit alleged that Mr. Pierre used his position of power at Bad Boy to groom and sexually assault his former assistant. Seeing two other women bravely speak out against Mr. Combs and Mr. Pierre, respectively, gave Ms. Doe the confidence to tell her story as well. As such, she files this suit. One cause of action in the lawsuit, violation of the Victims of Gender Motivated Violence Protection Law. She is alleging that a crime of violence motivated by gender has been committed against her. The term crime of violence motivated by gender means a crime of violence committed because of gender or on the basis of gender and due at least in part to an animus based on the victim's gender. Crime of violence being referred to here means an act or a series of acts that um, present a serious risk of physical injury to another, whether or not those acts have actually resulted in criminal charges, prosecution, or conviction. I guess we'll see how this goes. I'll keep you guys posted. Short Cast Club.